Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, creatives. So happy to have you tune into our second season of Bring Up Creativity. I'm your host, Daniela Bonche, a Toronto-based graphic designer and serial entrepreneur looking to spread awareness on pursuing your creative passions or endeavors, whether it be in business, a side hustle or hobby, you name it. Welcome back to an all-new episode of Bring Up Creativity. I am joined with the amazing Kristen Busquette, who is a Charlotte-based content creator and influencer coach at Your Social Mate with a goal of educating entrepreneurial creators on how to turn their online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business through her podcast, community Facebook group, and coaching programs. She wants creators to learn how to be successful digital business owners while keeping the soul in social media. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy you're here and ready to talk about landing collaborations with amazing companies. You're so talented. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing great. And honestly, this is my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm excited as well. The best part about recording episodes with like creatives is that there's so much to touch on in such a short frame of time, but I'm sure we can just get to know you and what you do, which is just as exciting as possible. But before we hop into talking all about it, I want to start off by asking you, what's your go-to tea or coffee drink? So I think I'm the only person like ever and that I know that doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> I don't know why. I It's so funny. I really just don't like the taste. And so many people are like, well, try this, try this. It doesn't taste like coffee. You know, they give me like a mocha something or whatever. And I'm like, this tastes so much like coffee. <laughs> it still does. I Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I am a big tea drinker, actually. I love a good hibiscus tea or a good like lemon ginger tea. That's got to be refreshing though, because I feel like you can go hot or cold with those options. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I drink usually like a hot tea every night before bed. It's kind of like my my self-care every night. I love that for you. I don't have anything that I drink for my nighttime routine. I think, wow, this is so sad. Like I'm lucky if I drink a glass of water. (laughs) You should try. Try some tea, hot tea before bed. I know I should. And you know, what's so sad is like the only tea that I drink and I gravitate towards is like a good iced chai tea latte at the beginning of my day. Well, no, not the beginning. I'm lying to you. Okay. So I start (laughs) off with an espresso and then I lead into my chai tea and then I just cap it out because I'm like, am I going to have palpitations? I have no clue because there's (laughs) a decent amount of caffeine in chai. So I need to find something in my nighttime routine. I like, so I'm guessing like you actually like don't need that burst of energy then. Like you're good. I literally only drink decaf tea as well. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. I don't know. Caffeine like sometimes gives me really bad anxiety. So I try and stay away from it. It's it's good for doing that. (laughs) If you didn't have anxiety beforehand, you definitely have it after you drink it. (laughs) Yeah. I did not need any more of that in my life. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's so true. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll embrace the anxiety life. It's totally fine. I can't Um, do it. (laughs) I'm dying at that. But I'm so happy that you haven't gone into that addiction side because truly I am addicted and like that's it. And no one needs to push that on you anymore. Like you, you know, it's good <laughs> yeah. for you. You know what you don't need. Stick to it. I yes, promise exactly. <laughs> to get off this topic now. <laughs> but first things first, I want to hear about you and your story. 
And I guess the first thing I'm wondering is, when did you realize you wanted to be a content creator? Was it your very first option? Did you know you could do it probably maybe years ago before you were one? It's really interesting because I feel like so many creators that get started today go into it with the idea of wanting to be a content creator because it is a job now. And when I got started, it was not like the words content creator, like that wasn't a thing. (laughs) We were bloggers or maybe influencers, but content creator was like not even a, a really a phrase. So I definitely did not get into this life knowing that it was going to bring me everything that it has brought me and knowing that it was even going to be a job. I actually, in 2008, a thousand years ago, I had a <laughs> blog on <laughs> on Blogspot called Stylish and Sequins, which is so cringy now. Ooh, I love that though. <laughs> and I basically like, I had my mom take photos of me. This is when I was in like high school. My mom would take photos of me in our backyard and I would post them onto my blog. And, you know, they're horrible outfits now that I'm looking back at them, of course. But it honestly got me started and just kind of sharing what I was wearing and and starting to build an audience, even when I had literally no idea why I would even be building an audience. You know, it was kind of just fun for me. And honestly, it was what got me a lot of like my my internships when I was in college and things like that. Because when I was in college, again, a thousand years ago, it was like influencers (laughs) were just beginning to really kind of like hit the scene and things like that. So, you know, me having a blog on Blogspot was literally like, oh my gosh, this girl must know a lot about like, blogging and stuff. So it was actually, it was a creative outlet, but it ended up getting me some of my, you know, first internships and first jobs. And then it's kind of just blossomed and spiraled from there in the last, I guess, like, what, almost 15 years. Yeah, literally. (laughs) I love hearing when someone gets started super early, which is kind of like how it sounds like you didn't know what it was going to turn into, but you tried it out. And then it ended up helping you along the way because I talked to so many people and they, they wait for the perfect time and they want whatever they launch to be perfect. Like Blogspot back then, like it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't even a perfect platform in itself. And then we're not perfect ever, but imagine (laughs) our high school teenage selves, you know, trying to get something started and hoping to launch something that reaches the public in a great way. So you got started as early as possible. You knew you wanted to put yourself out there and express yourself creatively. And how great is it that you started that young because you probably wouldn't have even landed the internships or explored those opportunities had you not, because that is considered experience because you knew what you had to do to start a blog and maybe help other companies with that as well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of crazy to, to look back on because everything started with that blog that has brought me to where I am today, you know, like the jobs that I've gotten, you know, and then through those jobs that I've had, I've been able to like learn more about being a content creator, which has brought me to where I am today. So like, it really has just been kind of all stemming from me starting a blog when I was in what middle school or high school, whatever it was. And it really just since I would say maybe 2018 is when I started to really intentionally post and take things seriously and really realize after working with so many brands on a gifted basis, because again, like no one was paying 
a micro influencer. Again, micro influencer like wasn't even a term. I was getting gifted things all the time. But then eventually I started getting, you know, $100 for a post here or $150 for another post. And I was like, wait, wait, okay, so hold on. I can make money here. Why am I not like trying to pursue this? Like clearly there's something here. And again, over the last five, six years, the whole industry has just changed so much that everything I've learned from 2008 until today is really like what I teach my students on how how things have changed and like the things that I've seen going through the industry. I've just had so many different experiences and I've gone through this whole, I've grown up with this industry, you know, like as it was growing up, I was there with it. So I've just learned so much and that's something like I share so much of that with my students. I love that you have a mentorship program for this because I tell people, I know it seems saturated because everyone's trying to do something these days because we all want to work on our own terms or we all want to express ourselves and we want to leave that job so we can feel internal happiness. But I'm glad you offer that because we do need these tips. Like we actually do have to make a lot of effort, especially for yourself as a content creator to stand out and network, meet other companies, ensure you reach affiliations that you're looking for. You want to get those gifts. You want to promote yourself. You want to promote yourself as like, this is a business. I think people think it's like a hobby or a side hustle, but like, no, this can fully be made into a full-time job. So I'm happy you offer those services because like you said, it has evolved. We didn't even know what that was years ago to, I don't even think I even envisioned content creation to have evolved in the way that it has though. Like I truly, I I knew about influencers, but I never saw it hitting this level of people being able to recognize them. You have to post regularly. Like it is time consuming. I can't say that I, I'm not specifically a content creator, but I actively love engaging with them. And when they're able to express like how much time and effort it takes to run their business, it mm-hmm. truly is wild to me how much time it takes. I really want to start with the steps that you took to establish your brand and identity in the online world? Like, how did you decide to make yourself stand out? Like, what was it? Like, I, cause I truly, when I see (laughs) you online, Kristen, like, I'm like, wow, she stands out. You stand out to me. I love your like hair and your colors. Like you, (laughs) I don't, I don't know anybody else like you. So how did you establish your brand and identity? Well, first of all, thank you. That was really sweet. But At the end of the day, I mean, I did so much trial and error. If you were to scroll back and look, you know, at my posts from five years ago, it looks nothing like what it does today. So I've done a lot of trial and error, found, first of all, what I really like to create and what feels really true to me, but also what feels really sustainable to me. You know, like at the end of the day, creators can't run a business if they're not creating content that's sustainable for them to consistently create. Mm -hmm. So I I had tried so many different things. Like I said, I I mean, I started with a fashion blog. So fashion was obviously something that I, I really loved and everything. And I, you know, was posting outfit videos and things like that. And I just realized I actually really hated making, you know, outfit videos and reels and hauls and things like that. And I realized, okay, so this is, first of all, not really something that I enjoy anymore, but it's also something that's definitely not sustainable for me. You know, like I can't fathom the idea of trying on 10 different outfits for one video. It's right. I can't. (laughs) 
I literally look at people who do that and I'm like, I have so much respect for you because I, it makes me want to scream. I can't, (laughs) but that was something that, you know, really made me evolve. I, I said to myself, okay, well, I love fashion, but I can't keep up with like all of these different types of content as a fashion creator that I should be creating, you know, like I, this is not something that interests me. It's not something that's sustainable for me. So what are some other things that I'm really passionate about? And then also like, what are some things that people come to me for? Look through your DMs. What are, what are people asking you questions about? What do you get the most responses about? And I realized I had so many people because I was a business owner outside of being a content creator before I was a content creator. So I had a lot of people asking me, you know, about photography and about running a business. And I, I kind of sat on that for a little while and was like, is that something that I might want to pursue? Because clearly people are coming to me for it. So that must mean that I'm offering something valuable to them. But also like, would that be a more sustainable type of content for me to create? So I experimented with it a little bit. And again, it's definitely like, it's grown and shifted since I first started to experiment. It started off with, you know, photography tips and general business tips until I realized, okay, my audience is made up of mostly content creators. And I'm getting a lot of questions about, oh, how did you work with this brand? Or like, how do I pitch to this brand or whatever it is? And again, I was getting so many of those questions that I started to take all of my business stuff and make it a little bit more specific towards content creators. And what I've found is that the more specific you can be with your content and who you're talking to, who your target audience is, the easier it is for you to have success, whether that's with brand partnerships, with growth, whatever it is, because you come to someone's page and they're talking directly to you. You know, it's so easy Mm -hmm. for you to hit that follow button or for a brand to say she's perfect for us because you're just so comfortable with what you're really good at. So I definitely think that finding like kind of your, your place on the internet in that way is really important, but also visually. I mean, you touched on kind of like the pink hair and the bright, colorful photos. And again, that's, that's not something I always did. I did a lot of experimenting. And, and what I found was that when I did start sharing photography that was, you know, up against like really cool murals or, you know, bright, fun outfits that I was getting such a great response. And I was having so much fun while I was doing it that I was like, okay, this is, this is like my thing. You know, I'm, I'm really into this. I'm going to dive deeper into it. I had like dark purple hair at that point. So my hair was already colored. So I was like, you know what? we're going to like go bold. We're going to experiment. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the pink hair, I've actually had it for, I think maybe five years now. And it's like my identity. I think about, I'm getting married next month with pink hair because I it's just that. like, I can't imagine myself any other way. So at the end of the day, I think all of that visually, or again, like just kind of logistically finding out where you kind of belong as a brand on the internet, it really is just a lot of trial and error. You have to put yourself out there and try different things in order to, first of all, find what you like and what feels right for you, but also, you know, what performs well and what people respond really well to is important as well. Hi, creatives. Have you been looking to curate the business of your dreams, but don't necessarily know where to start or don't have the time to develop new visuals or new automatic systems? We recently launched a design shop over on Danielle Labonte Designs to help you get back to what you like to do most. If you need administration designs for your client sign-on processes, there's editable designs for that. 
If you need editable templates for Instagram, there's designs for that as well. We want to exclusively offer you 10% off all products in our new online shop. Scroll down to the link in our shop below in our show notes, along with your discount code to apply at checkout. Curate the business you've been imagining. Let me just say that I want to like thank you for not only opening up about how it's an entire process of ups and downs and seeing what's going to work for somebody, but also discussing that you can say no to things that you have tried out because I think sometimes what I've seen and for me personally like like you said if you scroll down you'll see like how much has changed (laughs) right so like to feel like you need to stay in that fashion zone that you were in because you think people want to see that you kind of prioritize yourself at the same time and said hey you know what I'm actually hating my life currently <laughs> throwing on clothes 24 7 and trying to style it and show people I feel like I can show the world what I can do and what I love in different ways so I I so appreciate you being transparent about that and how you were open to change and you were open to finding yourself but it is a process and oh, yeah. yeah and it's embracing that it's a process and I love the fact that you've had pink or purple hair for five (laughs) years and you're getting married with that like truly when I scroll down I thought to myself yeah this is totally who she is because I've seen you with that for so long and the identity you have created for yourself is that you're like this bold vibrant person and your photography is amazing although you're not like sharing as much about it anymore and you're more (laughs) about like helping other content creators I still see that in you and that's what I like is like you still do take pieces of what you were doing before into today but now you're helping yes. people on top of it. So it's like you've got a huge spectrum of topics that you can post online that will appeal to a lot of different people, which is absolutely amazing that you're able to do that when it comes down to getting those collaborations. So let's say, okay, I'm going to give you a situation. So let's say a content creator has gotten an amazing collaboration or partnership up with, a, with an amazing brand that aligns with them. When it comes down to creating an agreement with them and ensuring that you're both aligned and something will work. How can influencers and content creators ensure that they're making profit and enjoying the project along the way? Or if it's turned into a project that they kind of learned, oh man, this kind of sucks. Like I am overwhelmed. I'm burnt out from this. I took on too much as possible. How do you recommend you discussing with other brands, how to create an agreement that works for them and the company itself. This is so important. (laughs) So I'm so glad that you're bringing it up. The thing is, so many creators who are working with brands are so scared to speak up because, yeah, they don't want to, you know, like if something doesn't sound right in a contract, I can't even tell you how many people are like, it's fine. I just signed it because, you know, like it's, Revlon. And I I really didn't want to like miss this opportunity, you know, and people are so scared to speak up. But the most important thing for you to remember as a content creator is that this is a 50-50 partnership. You know, you're not an employee of this brand and they don't own you. So they're hiring you as a service provider. You are there to provide a service for them. But again, it is a 50-50 relationship. If there's anything that you're uncomfortable with or anything that doesn't seem fair and equal, you have to have the courage to speak up. And I think that this is something 
it definitely takes a lot of practice. I mean, if I were to look back on the first partnerships that I did, I can't even tell you how many times I let brands take advantage of me for those reasons, you know? Yeah. But I, I learned through every experience what is, you know, manageable for me, what is fair for me, and what does feel, you know, comfortable for me. And now through experience, I'm more open to speaking up about those things with brands. And at the end of the day, if I speak up about something that doesn't feel fair or comfortable for me, and the brand says, okay, well then never mind, I say, okay. Then bye, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You know, instead of, and again, like that, that does happen sometimes, but so many times creators are like, oh, well, fine. It's, it's fine then. Never mind. I'll just agree to it. Cause they're, you know, we're, we're basically starving artists out there, you know, if we're trying to pay the bills and we don't have a lot of collaborations coming in, it's very easy to let yourself get taken advantage of because you, you know, need the money basically. But, you know, it's it's something that I think the more you do it, the more you're going to say, it's fine. Something else will come along that is more well-suited to me and, and again, more fair to me. So just getting that kind of the courage to speak up and, and again, the experience, I think the more you do it, the more you'll be comfortable with it. But it's really important to remember it's a 50-50 partnership. 100%. And it does come in time. Like even for myself, I used to take on any and every client project possible, like you said, to pay those bills, right. to get your your foot out the door, to get your face seen with these companies or brands and work with them and collaborate with them and be able to say, hey, I worked with so-and-so. Yeah. And you think it looks great on paper, but then you have this like horrible PTSD memory of like working with them because you agreed to something that was completely not fair. And sometimes I find, I I don't know if it's like the same for you, but you get like unreasonable deadlines to get something to them or to share online. And then you start getting like the comments about, oh, like you didn't, like we wanted this. Like, can you not, can you not meet this date? And then I think, I used to think, no, 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 I can't. I absolutely can. And I would drive myself stir crazy trying to meet that. And like you said, in time, you eventually are able to identify this is so not worth the stress and anxiety and worry that it creates for me. Like I would rather make X amount less this month than be stressed out to the max and hate my life. So I love that you pointed that out. Yeah. I mean, something I am learning as a business owner over the last couple of years is that, you know, there needs to be boundaries within our our work as creators. When we're our own bosses, we're the only ones who are in control of saying, yes, I will do this. No, I won't do this. Or this is how fast I can do this. Or I can do this much for this amount of money. You know, we're the only ones setting the rules. So Given that, it's really easy for us to say, I'll take on all of this work. I'll work until 8 p.m. every night. I'll, you know, get it to you tomorrow when it really needs a week, you know, because we're not setting boundaries for ourselves as, you know, entrepreneurs. And I actually learned this the hard way recently. I was taking on a lot and I was pushing myself really hard and I ended up getting really sick and I was in the hospital and everything. So it's like, I sometimes you know, you have to take a step back. And and I have since I've been feeling a lot better where I've been telling myself, you know, why am I pushing myself so hard? You know, like I can, I can do the job well, 
but I, I need the time that I need, or I need the amount of money that I need. Absolutely. And I have to be comfortable saying those things or else you physically, mentally, like, you know, that, that stuff can really affect you if you push yourself too hard. Burnout is so real and it's so easy for an entrepreneur to get burnt out because again, we're the ones pushing ourselves so hard. I actually, I have to say this quote because I, I literally heard it like maybe a couple years ago and it stuck with me so much. One of my friends actually said it. Um, she said that her therapist told her, why did you leave your nine to five job with a mean boss to work for an even meaner boss? You oh know, like, and it's, I think about it all the time. So Whenever good. I'm really hard on myself, I'm just like, why did I'm why? so mean? Yeah. Like, what am I, <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? Like, take a step back, relax. <laughs> That is such a good quote to like live by because you got to treat yourself better than what who anybody else would treat you like. Like, like you have to prioritize yourself too. It's so important. Man, like I, I know too many people and like even myself, like I've never been hospitalized, but I've let my body literally like deteriorate in front of me just so I can ensure yeah. a high standard of work and meet somebody else's deadline that was never co- like a compromise. Like I cannot stress enough and like you can't even stress enough that your work is not going to be up to par if you do that, whether it's like the current co- collaboration or partnership that you're with or whether it's the future one that you're with like it's just so not worth it like I had yeah a huge collaboration in January of this year and I was so excited and happy about it and I still am glad I did it but I remember like as soon as I was done I thought to myself oh my god I've eaten like garbage for the last three days to try and get things ready for this and now I'm just exhausted and I couldn't even like host a proper client meeting for like a week like I actually needed like a week to recuperate like it is such a real feeling to do that to ourselves but there's also the great collaborations that we've learned with our skill and I swear it's a skill learning how to say no like it's oh, not yeah. just like it's it's it's, it's a skill that you, you have to learn yeah 100% and then it just you feel a lot more confident afterwards too after you learn more about it but um and not to doubt yourself along the way but through that you land amazing collaborations you land amazing partnerships and it's so refreshing and you're so excited to share it with the world and you're excited to even have them in your in your circle in terms of landing those do you say to people hey like wait for those they'll come your way or do you say hey reach out to them shoot your shot and see how it goes it's funny that you asked this because I actually just recorded a TikTok video about it right before we got on (laughs) um I honestly I don't think you should ever wait around for something to happen because I you know what's the guarantee that it's ever going to happen At the end of the day, I really think it's so important for you to put yourself out there, even if you're not necessarily just reaching out to the brand, but like create some content where you're talking about them, you know, like even just get get started playing around with it. This actually happened to me. I did a review on an influencer platform a year ago. This is how long ago this was. And just yesterday, I got an email from that platform saying, Hey, we saw your video that you shared, you know, last year. We actually have a lot of really, you know, new updates that we'd love to share with you. Would you be interested in making an updated video with us? 
And it's so funny because a year went by without me getting any sort of like, you know, any sort of response from them at all. But here I am a year later, you know, I put my, I planted the seed. I put myself out there, got my foot in the door. And then here I am, you know, now being able to work with this brand. One thing that I think is so important for creators to know, and like, this is probably the most important thing that I literally cannot stress enough is that nothing in this industry, nothing in our job as creators is instant gratification. It drives me insane thinking about like people that I, you know, people that want to be creators and they're like, I sent a pitch. How come I'm not working with the brand yet? I'm like, (laughs) you know how many times that you're going to have to send a pitch out before you even get a response. And that doesn't even guarantee that it's going to be a good response. You know, like nothing happens quickly, almost nothing. You know, you really have to like, again, plant these seeds, start relationships, build those relationships, give them time to blossom. And then when the time is right, that's typically when those partnerships happen. So I actually have this whole method called the anti-pitch method. We have a free masterclass that's in my Instagram and TikTok bio. It is the way that I've gotten all my partnerships in probably the last year I got so sick of sending pitches because everyone does the same thing. We send the same exact pitch and, you know, it says pretty much the same thing. We're sending them all to the same brands. And what to someone who's reading those emails is going to stick out? You know, they're going to read the same email a hundred times and be like, you know, I, I probably saw this exact same script from someone two emails down. So I got so sick of just not getting responses from pitching and I was sending out so many. It was taking up so much time. It was so tedious that I said, okay, I have to think about this in a different way. And I thought about it with my followers. How do I gain followers? You know, I'm like, or like loyal followers. I'm like, okay, well, they don't just follow me one day and then they're loyal followers. You know, like you have to, again, Take the time to get to know people, talk to them, introduce yourself, 100%. comment on their photos. Like it's, it takes a little while for someone to be, you know, a loyal follower from just following you. And so I was thinking about it and I'm like, why doesn't the same thing happen with brands? Like we send a brand a pitch and we automatically expect them to give us thousands of dollars. That doesn't make sense when you really think about it. You know, they don't know you. They've only, they can look quickly through your Instagram, but like they haven't had time to watch your stories every day. You know, they haven't had time to consume all of your content, get to get on a phone call with you, get to know you. And so I started this anti-pitch method where you don't send out pitches. You just find brands that you like. You find the people who work at those brands. You start building relationships with the people behind the brands. And then again, once those opportunities come up, because they know you, you know, you're, you have a relationship with these people, it's so much easier for them to be like, oh my gosh, Kristen would be perfect for this, you know? And then so you can smart. have those more long-term, really strong partnerships. So it's hard because again, like people are like, oh, what should I put in my pitch? And I almost don't even want to help people with pitches because it's just like, I don't really think that they're converting. I don't think that anyone really gets partnerships from pitches anymore, you know, like very rarely. And so my response is always like, go watch this masterclass because, you know, like this is the way I think it needs to be done from here on out. So I really think it's important for you to know that finding brand partners and getting brand partnerships is a long process. It does not happen overnight. And you have to put in the work to build relationships so that when the time is right, then you can make something happen. 
That is so helpful and insightful. And actually, like, all I did throughout the whole time you were talking was like, I'm just nodding because genuinely, <laughs> like, if I'm going to receive something, I would much rather so, like, have been tagged through something yep. and see what they tried to do for my brand. Like, if I'm putting myself in the company's shoes and be like, oh, wow, they did a really great video about yeah. how much they love the company and I didn't even have to reach out to them I didn't have to provide them any like products I didn't have to do anything they just genuinely love the brand why wouldn't I consider them when something comes up because they yeah. already edited an amazing video we know they love the brand we know they resonate with the brand this is perfect like what a great way to not come off super salesy and aggressive and feel like you need to send a million follow-up emails being like, did you get my last email? I would love yeah. to get in touch with someone on the on the PR side of your company than just posting something, working on something creative, expressing how much you love the brand. And then like you said, a year later, it might not happen right away, but a year later, you have now subconsciously through posting <laughs> one video created an amazing relationship with that yep. company without even having to force yourself to hop on a call or ensure that you're getting that right email right. address. Like that is such an amazing tip. Yeah. And I mean, for anyone who feels like, okay, well, I'm not going to wait a year, you know, like the other option is when you're connecting with the brand, whether it's through DM, whether you find the email, whatever, send them an email and don't ask them for anything. Like that is That's so different from what everyone is doing. Again, everyone's sending a pitch that says, oh, like, are you working with any, you know, influencers right now? Like, uh, oh, like, can you send me some product? Whatever it is. Like brands are getting that all the time. Like what if you just sent them an email and said, hey, I saw this TikTok video you made of your new lipstick. Um, it's so beautiful. I can actually picture myself wearing it for this event that I have coming up next week. Um, I just wanted to introduce myself and say great job. Like, you know, just like, again, planting these seeds, they're going to read that email and be like, what the heck? Like, is someone being nice nice and (laughs) and conversational right now instead of just like aggressively attacking me with a pitch, you know? So like even something like that, or again, you do this through DMs, like respond to the brand's stories oh my gosh, I absolutely love this. Like I can, you know, I got to get this for my my boyfriend, whatever it is. And you do that for like a few weeks, do it for a few months. And then you can say, hey, like, you know, what are you guys working on? If you ever wanted to do it that way, if you do need more of an instant gratification. But at the end of the day, even that takes time. Like it's, you have to get used to patience as a creator. (laughs) I can only imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine, to be honest with you, like that is a patience is a virtue. <laughs> like, truly, so truly. happy you pointed that out. <laughs> and then while you're speaking, I'm thinking, okay, so like even when I get inquiries from my podcast, I swear the guests that we bring on are because they've actually expressed that they like our podcast, why they like our podcast, and then the episodes that they resonated with. Like that's yeah. how they start off. And even if they say um, at the end, like, I don't even care if they say at the end, hey, I'd love to join you on a future episode, should you ever want to bring me on. But after, like, that comes, like, after, I can tell they've explored the brand, they know about it, they've expressed that they like to certain, like, some certain guests, some some specific tips that were shared in an episode, like... Like genuinely, I can tell they have a lot of interest in the brand. Like that truly makes me want to bring them on and want to just chat with them for literally 30 minutes to 40 minutes about who they are. And like, clearly if they resonate with the brand and they've expressed that, I know they're going to resonate on an episode. Like that's how I want to hear from somebody. So like, while you were saying that, I thought, oh my God, that's so true to just be nice. Like like the best piece of advice, just be nice. Start a nice conversation. 
Yeah, I think it's so interesting because I think with social media, especially over the last few years with the pandemic, we're so sick of, you know, things that aren't authentic, you know, like we don't want to talk to people who aren't genuine. Like when you get a DM from someone who doesn't follow you, that's like, oh, can you tell me uh, how to write a pitch email? Like I get that all the time. I literally delete them at this point because I'm like, you don't (laughs) even follow me. You like literally it's one button that you have to hit. Why are you asking me for advice if you literally don't even follow me? It drives me crazy. But again, like we're so sick of those comments that are like, oh my gosh, so cute. Like we want people to actually read our captions. We want them to actually watch what we're working on. So it's the same with with brands or with businesses, whatever it is. Like we want genuine, authentic relationships and connections. Like no one has time for your inauthentic, you know, crap anymore. That's exactly how I feel about it. And I'm sure I'm not alone. (laughs) No, you're not. I feel the exact same way. If I see someone's like commenting or like we're just chatting up about... I don't know, maybe like the struggles of running a graphic design studio. Like I appreciate that so much more than just like, I, you know what drives me nuts? Actually, now I think about it is when someone comments heart eyes and then they're not even following me. And Ugh. I think, how did you even find me? Why are you commenting? Are you looking for just like, yeah, like mo- what do you want from me? Like, are you looking for me <laughs> to post heart eyes on your recent post? Because truly like, I don't even know what you, who you are. Like, I actually don't know who you are. I would prefer to have a conversation with you or discuss how my last post was helpful for you because then I'm going to want to look at your content and think, oh, this would be helpful for me as well. Let me express that to you. Like, honestly, like you said, it's the authenticity and showing that you're eager to get to know somebody or their brand or their company that really makes somebody stand out versus just um, copying and pasting the same comment on like a series of different accounts because you're not going to stand out in that way. Like, it's such amazing piece of advice for content creators tuning into this episode. And I want to thank you so much for that piece of advice. But Kristen, before I let you go, I want people to find you online. And I want to be aware <laughs> of what it is that you're doing that people can look out for. So let me ask you this. Anything the listeners should look out for? And where can everybody find you online? Yes. Yeah, so on pretty much every platform, my handle is kbusk, K-B-O-U-S-Q. It's funny because, like I said, I'm getting married next month, and Busquet is my last name. And I'm just like, man, am I gonna have to change all my handles? Because I'm changing. Oh, I'd be my thinking that name. too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to because I that would be confusing. But Kbusk is where you can find me on pretty much every platform. My business is called Your Social Mate. It's S O U L C I A L Mate. And our mission is really to just put the soul back in social media. Like I said, building genuine connections, um, really having just a, a more authentic social media experience. So we have our biggest kind of offering that we have for for coaching. Um, we do have one-on-one calls, but we also have this monthly creator membership where every month you get a ton of resources, templates. We have eBooks, exclusive podcast episodes, um, partnership opportunities. I mean, I literally can't even list all the things because there's so much, but we have this community where there's everything that you need to have as a resource, everything you need to know as a creator, you get served to you every month. But we also have a community within this within this membership where you can connect with other creators, ask questions. We have forums where people are, you know, helping each other with email subject lines or, you know, look at this photo. Can you guys help me edit it a little bit better? Whatever it is, we have this really helpful community of 
creators as well. So that's our monthly membership. Um, you can go to yoursocialmate.com slash membership to check that out. And then the masterclass I was talking about is just yoursocialmate.com slash masterclass. Super beneficial. I love everything that you're about, everything that you do. And everything you're helping people with. I think it's absolutely amazing. And for everybody listening, although Kristen just said it out loud, in (laughs) case you didn't catch the spelling, you will find all of the links to everything she just stated down below in the show notes. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. I feel like I just love what you do. Like I've said a million times, and thank you just for bringing your insights and your help for anybody tuning in today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. We're always bringing up something new for all of you to tune into and love hearing from you. Our team over here on Brewing a Creativity would love it if you joined our community in any capacity, whether it be checking us out on Instagram at Bring a Creativity or leaving a review to help us better serve you as listeners. If you're looking to join or sponsor an episode, reach out to us through email, which is linked in our episode's show notes below. Thanks, creatives.